Hello and welcome to The Natural Evolution, produced by Rebel Health Tribe, a radio show focused on providing you with inspiration, education, and tools for true healing and transformation. I'm Michael, and I'll be your guide on this adventure as together we explore the very nature of the healing journey. We are live with this episode with Dr. Natasha Falahi. Dr. Falahi, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure chatting with you, Michael. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Um, This is a long-awaited follow-up from the first time we recorded together as part of our autoimmune masterclass uh, a couple years ago with your presentation, Flare Care, which I loved and made a mental note, have her back and talk more. So here we are. Um, For those who don't know you, you were my neighbor here recently. Actually, you guys moved... Didn't you move like the week we moved here to Berkeley? I think it was, we just crossed like paths. In the month, it was October last yeah. year, uh, or not 19. Over, yeah, I was there for over a decade and then took yeah. off when you like, arrived. oh, I'm going to see Titus and Natasha. And then I get here and I'm like, hey, do you, you want to have dinner? And he's like, we live in Sacramento now. Yeah. <laughs> what? So uh, there was a couple other people too who moved here and we got here. I think we chased you out of town. So you're in the Sacramento area now, right? Yep. Still Northern California. Still go to Berkeley a lot, but yeah. Just move it a little more north. Um, if, if you don't know about Dr. Falahi, she is known as the sensitive doctor. She's a mind body health expert, functional medicine practitioner, and certified autoimmune coach specializing in an intuitive approach to living and healing. She helps sensitive people suffering from chronic illness and trauma connect with their intuition and inborn gifts so they can feel at home in this world. Her approach is especially effective for people experiencing depression, anxiety, chronic fatigue, vague pain, never heard that term and it's very fitting, Uh, brain fog, food intolerance, chemical sensitivities, Hashimoto's and other autoimmune conditions. I think I covered all the bases there. That's pretty Um, much the list of things I dealt with and had to find my way out of. Is that how you determined your specialty? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was kind of being in the shoes of the person who's experiencing that and then finding the other side of how to address that. So my, the people that I work best with are the people who are going through this journey with me. Great. And did you grow up in Cincinnati, Ohio, which I learned before we went on air, shout out to Cincinnati. Um, did you grow up wanting to be a doctor? Not at all. So it's kind of ironic because uh, being the first generation daughter of Persian immigrants, it was kind of like my life path to be a doctor or a lawyer or an architect. And I really resisted that my whole life. Um, and, you know, I was always getting involved in more creative and arts related things. Um, and so I actually set out to be an artist and a graphic designer. And that's what my undergraduate studies were. Um, I did all of that, like multimedia studies, and I was loving it. Um, but really, the reason I became a doctor is because my health and my life fell apart and I couldn't function. I couldn't even do anything, like not just the things I loved, but I couldn't really even get up and take care of myself. So that began my journey looking for answers just to feel well again. And in that process, I learned a lot. I saw the dark side of healthcare. I saw some amazing things that I had never been exposed to growing up in the Midwest of the United States um, in alternative and holistic medicine. And I just became so fascinated with it and curious and 
would always ask my doctors and practitioners and therapists all these questions about the behind the scenes stuff. So both through my own healing, experiencing it and transforming that way, but also just asking why, why is this stuff working when I had always been told, you know, it was just like, you have a symptom, you get a pill, you kind of squash that symptom. And then that's what health is. Um, it became really interesting for me to see other perspectives of what health means um, and how to achieve that. So I never set out to be a doctor, but through that process of just um, seeing how my health and life were transformed and I really reached the, you know, my highest potential, the life that I wanted to live. And the fact that there was just all these fascinating things that I didn't feel like were well um, exposed, like they were, you know, hidden gems, in my opinion, I went and uh, made a huge life and career change and went to study and became a doctor of chiropractic, a functional medicine practitioner. Um, I studied energy medicine, um, homeopathy. I did all of these things because they're the things that really changed my life. Um, and, and I just wanted to incorporate them and teach more people about them. I can definitely relate to that. Everything that I teach now is like stuff that I've been through and it's I've tried to teach stuff that I've learned and haven't been through like book learned and then try yeah. to teach it. And it never works the same. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, I think there's a lot of people out there who are incredibly skilled with that, but mm -hmm. the fact that yeah. I started out as a really intuitive, sensitive person, um, I can just get deeper into that experience and get much better results and mm -hmm. a much more pleasant kind of journey when I can connect with a person personally and empathetically and, really know what they're going through. So, um, you know, it's, there's, you know, the book smart, but then there's that embodied, embodied knowledge, that wisdom that we have. So I definitely think that wisdom has yeah. another level of power in terms of being able to help yourself or help other people. For sure. And I think it's been lost a lot in conventional modern medicine quite a bit. There's the wall between the doctor and the patient a lot of times. And, um, same thing in the therapy world. It's, it's, there's a wall between the therapist and the client or the doctor and the patient. And um, I think the, the most effective relationships there take place when that wall is more of a screen <laughs> or, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. there's a connection there because they can feel that you understand. And um, I just want to, before I forget your graphic design and art background has served you well and that you always have the prettiest slides in the slideshows, <laughs> but um, it's funny because I, I try to do design stuff. I'm on Canva and I think of you and I get bitter and I'm just like, why don't I have a training in this? Yeah. It looks, and it's, they're, they're little commercials. It's like, Oh, everybody can make the most beautiful little thing ever. And then I get it. And it's like a stick man and a letter. Okay. Yeah. Actually that's something that took me a while to really love and embrace about my life and myself, because I always felt like you know, I was always having to divide my life between like this creative world or kind of understanding health and sciences and things like that. And it really um, took me a while for all those pieces to come together and appreciate every experience that I had in my life. And that point in um, actually understanding that every experience you go through is an opportunity to go deeper, kind of see where 
where you are perceiving and experiencing things in the world and transform and bring it all together in a way that it's uniquely you. I think that's actually a huge part of the healing journey that I don't know, we could say conventional medicine or like healthcare kind of leaves out. And that's why when I, um, you know, talk to anybody or even through my own journey, a lot of it is really diving into your own story and your story about yourself, your story about the world around you, about what's possible and understanding that every piece of your story has contributed to where you are today and also lies the nuggets of wisdom that can help you find the path for you. Cause I don't think health comes from one end all be all solution for everyone. Like everybody needs to get on this diet or everybody should be doing this type of exercise or, you know, having these certain lab markers look this way. It's really about how your um, entire being, your mind, body, spirit, um, all of that connects and integrates with everything you do in your life and finding balance in all of that. I definitely agree. And <laughs> I love the approach um, that encompasses so much and actually looking at the individual. I often shy people away from doctors who have their protocol, like they're just going and get the protocol and they, yeah. they're like a protocol factory and just pumping people through and here's your protocol, go, here's your protocol, go. And it's the same protocol. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just haven't ever seen that be very successful. Yeah, so. I think there's a certain art to healthcare and a certain, mm -hmm. I mean, there's the science of it and, yeah. you know, but there's the art, the application of how you actually apply mm -hmm. those concepts. And then there's another factor of just the philosophy of healthcare and what people really believe is possible and how things function. And um, when, you know, somebody is kind of stuck in one model of what health looks like, they get really limited, maybe not in the sciences, you can go read another book about it, but you get really limited in the art and application of it. And even the philosophy of understanding like what is possible. So that's a, you know, a big thing that was life-changing and mind expanding for me through this process. And um, I really try to bring a lot of openness and understanding to people and where they're at when I meet them. And also, you know, kind of ushering people into a space of greater understanding or consciousness about their own health and their own possibilities. You were in school when you started to not feel well, or did you finished your art and graphic design work or where, where did that come up? Yeah, if I really go back to, you know, the beginning of where this all started for me and it, you know, it really put the pieces together in hindsight, but it started from forever ago and, you know, being a child growing up, I was always just kind of sick all the time. I had a lot of allergies. I missed a lot of school. Um, I was kind of, you know, I see now I was like a little moody or irritable as like a toddler or a child, but that's because now I understand I had imbalances, I had inflammation, I had food sensitivities. Um, and so I grew up just thinking of myself as sort of a weak or, you know, like unhealthy or sick child, like a frail child. Because if, for example, my sister caught a cold, I would catch that cold much harder. It would last much longer. Um, the whole, you know, experience for me was always much more stressful. So I see now that really it was all the way from the beginning. I was always sensitive. I always experienced things in a heightened manner. Um, and I didn't, you know, it just seemed kind of like, oh, well, that's, you know, her personality or that's her mood. She's just kind of a, you know, a little more 
moody child. Um, and, and then it kind of progressed. And when I got into, you know, middle school, high school, where you start having some sense of identity, I thought it was just the fact that I was the emo artsy type, right? It was like, oh, I'm supposed to experience a little bit of depression and a little bit of anxiety. And, oh, I have lots of skin issues and acne, but that's just puberty. So it was like, those issues were always there now that I look back on it and the energy issues, the chronic fatigue, the gut issues, they were all always like lingering there, but it reached a breaking point when I was an undergrad. So probably 20 years old or something where it just, you know, like we, I talk a lot about our resilience, like this cup, our buffer in stress resilience. So as we have stressors, that cup keeps getting more and more full or that bucket gets more full. And the more stressors we have over long periods of time, that bucket will just overflow. And that's where someone might have, you know, a, a mental breakdown, or they'll have like a disease pop up or, you know, get diagnosed with something because that buffer of, of stress has taken on too much and they haven't found ways to offload it. So that's ha that happened to me around 20 and I fell apart. I was an undergraduate. I was always an excellent student, like straight A student, got scholarships. And it just got to a point where I couldn't function. I was having what I now, or I came to understand were anxiety attacks. I had severe depression. My hair was falling out in chunks. Um, my skin was bad, like it was always bad, just really bad acne, um, eczema hives, those sort of things. Um, but overall, just I, I felt off. I felt weird and different and I didn't understand what was wrong with me. So my mind went to worst case scenario. I thought there's something, there's something majorly wrong. So I started then seeking answers from doctors. I would go to a GP and they'd be like, uh, you look fine. There's nothing wrong with you. Like this is in your head. You're making it up. Just go back and enjoy your college years. And then I was like, okay, that guy didn't know anything or that lady didn't know anything. So I'm going to go to a specialist. So I went to neurologists. I went to gastros. I went to all these different doctors and they just kind of looked at me and thought, well, you know, this isn't, this isn't anything that's obvious. You're like a 20 something year old young woman who looks fine. Um, there's nothing really obvious going on. So they really put it on me. The word hypochondriac came up a lot. I got a lot of suspicion or questions about like, do you do this a lot? Do you go to doctors a lot? Do you track things a lot? And in that whole process, nobody at that point thought to run a lab test on me or like get any sort of information around why I was experiencing these kind of vague symptoms um, that couldn't be pinpointed. So that all kind of reached a dead end. And I thought, well, I know there's something wrong. So that's where I started seeking alternative healthcare practitioners. You know, I, I was really at a breaking point that my GP was like, if you go any further, it's going to be really hard to come back. So they sent me home with some antidepressants, anti-anxieties pills. And, um, I started for a week taking them and things for me got so much worse and it amplified my anxiety attacks. And, um, and thankfully that same week with the prescription, they recommended that I go to a um, therapist, a talk therapist, but um, the nurse practitioner in that office, she was, she was kind of hip to this alternative stuff. And she's like, you know, this therapist, she does some things that are 
a little bit more out there, but just trust me, go check her out. And when I got to her office, I realized she was doing things like not just talk therapy. We'd talk about stuff that was up for me, but then we started doing chakra work and energy medicine, like in her office. And I had no idea what chakras were at that time. I didn't really know that there were these energy fields or understand how I was actually experiencing them and feeling them my whole life, but I didn't have a vocabulary for it. Mm. So as soon as I got introduced to that, it just felt amazing to me. It almost felt like, oh my gosh, this is the magic that I always hoped existed in the world. And being able to kind of have a guide and a mentor to teach me about my intuition, my wisdom and my own body was um, really where I started to like head down a completely different trajectory in my life because now I knew there was people and there was actually ideas and systems that I had never been exposed to growing up in Cincinnati, Ohio, the Midwest of the United States in the 1990s. Um, and so, you know, thankfully now a lot of that stuff is a lot more um, out there and mainstream and people have a lot more access to these ideas, but it just became so fascinating. Um, and that same week I started seeing a holistic chiropractor and she also did energy techniques and she looked at me and assessed me from like a mind, body, uh, biochemical perspective. And she looked at all those aspects and and really started to connect the pieces for me that we are holistic beings and something that goes imbalanced in our body can ha have an impact in our mind um, as something, an emotional experience we have can manifest as some physical symptoms like a rash or things like that. So um, yeah, the, it, you know, long, that's a kind of a summary of like the long story, but it's like, it, it was always there an issue for me, but it wasn't until I was exposed to understanding how my illness and my sensitivities were showing up and then that there were routes to kind of channel that. Um, and just to kind of sum it up years and years later, I found all of that was kind of the effects of misdiagnosed, just completely missed autoimmunity. I ended up being an autoimmune person who had autoimmunity to my thyroid, to my guts, to like, actually a lot of tissue in my body. I had multiple autoimmune sensitivity antibodies, um, but Hashimoto's and celiac and all these things were a part of the picture. And I never had a name for it. That's, but it's just very clear. Those were the symptoms that I was experiencing. Um, but I didn't start with that diagnosis. I just started with the experiences I was having and then the holistic approach started to unwind that and reverse it. Um, so in hindsight, I, I realized that the power of, you know, these alternative practices or what we talked about, you know, the, the inside of healing, how, it, how potent they can be for legit, you know, disorders or diseases or things like that. They're not just for people who are, you know, experiencing like emotional pain or things like that. They actually also impact these very, um, you know, intense pathologies that happen. So, so the therapist was kind of your gateway then. And then yeah, it, it was simultaneously the same week, the therapist and the chiropractor I was seeing, they were, yeah. they were kind of, oh, so it was really quick. You saw them both. Yeah. Cause the, the, you know, I, I mentioned this nurse practitioner who, yeah. She, she sent you also to the, yeah, she referred okay. me, um, kind of, and was like, you know, 
here's, here's the prescriptions. Um, I don't want you to get like in a deeper hole than you're in now, but also start exploring this. So I started exploring kind of that somatic approach yeah. and the mental, emotional and energetic approach all at the same time. And it was just incredibly transformative. Are you still in touch with any of those people? Um, I'm not in touch with them because I, they were all in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, okay. I'm wondering if that therapist knows what you do now. Um, I've reached out to them in the past. I've sent them yeah. like books I've written and I always, um, you know, thank them and cite them when I'm talking cool. about my journey. But yeah, I, you know, I was in undergrad in, in Boston and I had, to, I actually just dropped out and I quit life for that period and moved back in with my parents in Cincinnati. So that's really where gotcha. my journey, you know, started. Interesting. Wow. Okay. So you, you didn't have like a onset, like, oh, I was fine yesterday. I feel bad now. It was like learning to adapt to life as the, the sensitive, mm -hmm. vulnerable, more likely to be sick kid yep. that became the sensitive, vulnerable, more likely to be sick young adult. But then it got a little more crashy, like you were just exhausted, couldn't really keep up with schoolwork. Yeah. Um, and and you, you probably had a lot of pressure. You mentioned at the beginning that as a child of Persian immigrants, I was going to be a lawyer or a doctor or something. So I'm guessing, and I might be just totally projecting this, that there might have been a little bit of concern when you were starting to realize you couldn't keep up with your schoolwork. Yeah. Even though you were already in school to be art, right? Yeah, I was doing graphic design multimedia, but yeah, you're spot on. Um, and I think that that's a really interesting art still thing. needs straight A's, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so there was probably some fear there of like, I can't keep up with this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's also that idea we have about ourselves, but I, what I found that was, you know, a big part of my understanding of my healing, my health, my illness, and also the people that I work with is a lot of times when people have chronic illness or autoimmune development, there's a lot of these like character traits that I notice um, that, you know, we could say it's the chicken or the egg, like whether it, one started, but this is why I'm fascinated with mind body medicine and psychoneuroimmunology, because when I look at my client base and my audience, which is like tens of thousands of people that I interact with on a, on a regular basis, they're all Hashimoto's or autoimmune or just identify as sensitive empaths, uh, highly sensitive people. But there is a really strong consensus and correlation to these people having personality traits, for example, perfectionism, which is yep. something I identified with, um, always wanting things to be done really well. Um, also kind of being a little bit I don't want to say pessimistic in that you don't experience joy and you're not happy, but you kind of are really critical, like critical of yourself, critical of the quality of things or the way other people perform stuff. And often it comes from a place of wanting the best for yourself and others, but it turns into hyper criticism. Um, there's also a lot of times I see a common personality of like a uh, personality trait of trust issues, like not really trusting you know, it really starts with not trusting yourself, which was my experience because I got so sick so often and I was like a weak child. I had this unconscious mistrust of my body and that created a disconnect. Um, and I've worked with some, you know, energetic or spiritual practitioners who have described me in that my, my body, my soul, my spirit has, is literally like outside of my physical body and tethered to it. 
in the sense that it was so painful to exist in my body that I disconnected at a very young age. And that experience of disconnect, I was very loving and emotional and had a lot of, you know, intense emotional experiences. So I don't mean disconnected and just numb. Yeah, but you built a back door into your, yeah. your system. There's a whole line in psychology of uh, survival patterns and character styles and those type of things. Yeah. And one of them is the leaving pattern or it's called yeah. schizoid. Mm -hmm. And it's the same, it, the, what you described is like the definition to a T it's early life experiences that are too painful that lead the person to kind of just. Yeah. And it's, you know, I really kind of doubted all of this in my own healing journey because I think there's a lot of understanding of how blatant trauma or abuse or these sort of, you know, blatant uh, mm -hmm. experiences can cause that kind of disconnect in a person. And I didn't have any of those experiences. I had, you know, a nuclear family and I, I was always really supported and loved by my parents and did well in school. But it was more about that internal experience that I was having where I was just having chronic pain. Mm -hmm. Like I was, it was like, stuff hurt, like the tags of my clothes irritated me because my skin and my nervous system were so inflamed. So even as a kid, I was weird with like textures and, um, you know, always having like gut issues. I, as a kid, like as soon as I was starting to potty train, I had severe constipation issues. So like a week would go without using the restroom or having a bowel movement. And that created this, you know, traumatic experience that isn't necessarily identified as a blatant trauma when we look at our history, mm -hmm. right? But um, that's where sometimes people, if they don't necessarily have a trauma that they can identify, they haven't necessarily looked at this spectrum of what trauma can look like. Um, and I talk a lot about that. I actually have this whole thing within flare care in my programs where I talk about the trauma quadrant where you know, sometimes something can happen all of a sudden, or it can happen really slowly over time, like insidious, like comments or behaviors that you experience. Mm -hmm. But then there's also those objective traumas, which I think. Yeah. Like the big T, the big, big T, T exactly. traumas. Yeah. But then there's subjective ones too, where mm -hmm. it's like to some people, a crowded, you know, music festival is really awesome and exciting yeah. and invigorating. And for somebody sensitive like me, that's really overwhelming. And can be traumatic in those situations. So, you know, when I look at it that way, that's a big part of what I explore with people too, is their, their past traumas and redefining what it meant for them in their story to kind of experience their life. So, you know, those, those traits, I see those commonalities, you know, like they, they tend to have been very perfectionist and carried a lot of like responsibility or weight, or just like worried about things a lot. Um, were highly attuned to people around them. Maybe you picked up on your parents' stress, like financial stress or whatever, as like a kid when you didn't even know what it was, you just picked up on it and had no tools to, um, you know, even understand or manage it. So I see these kind of qualities where people, yeah, they're highly critical. They're really perfectionistic. They have a hard time asking for help. They have a hard time like setting up loving boundaries. And it often leads to these chronic illnesses. And in order to address and reverse and heal from these chronic illnesses, yes, we need to sometimes look at diet and infections and, um, you know, anything like gut health, adrenal stress, those sort of things that are more in the functional medicine realm. 
But if you do all that and you don't address the way that you process chronic stress or a trauma that you had in the past, um, there's no way you can achieve that level of vitality or wellness when you have these patterns running and in your subconscious. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you head over to rebelhealthtribe.com backslash kit, that's K-I-T, and grab the RHT starter kit, which includes a sampler of four free videos from our professional masterclasses and webinars, the RHT healthy sleep guide, the wellness vault coupon book, which will save you money on all of our favorite health related tools and resources, a professional product guide, and a coupon for 15% off your first order in our shop. That's rebelhealthtribe.com backslash kit, K-I-T, and you'll get all that delivered right away. Also, if you're on Facebook, we've got a fun, engaging, and supportive group over there as well with thousands of health seekers just like yourself. Just search for Rebel Health Tribe and you'll find us. Thanks for listening. And now back to the show. I have found that to be true as well. And that's actually where I'm studying now and focusing all my, my energy and effort is on that side of things. Cause I have seen it. I wasn't a quick believer. Like I didn't flip like this, like you did when you we were in that office and you're like, Oh my God, this is the greatest thing. I like, I tozed in the water for a long time of, well, I don't know, or maybe. And so now eventually I made my way over there, yeah. but um so when you started feeling different or better, yeah. it seems like it was pretty quick with the two things that you introduced, the, the therapist and the chiropractor, there was definitely a noticeable shift a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so when you started feeling well, this would have been your early 20s when you started this alternative weird stuff, uh, <laughs> you started feeling well, that was pretty much the first time you've ever felt well. Yeah. And that's and this is crazy. And I think I showed you this. Because it's different arc. than a normal arc. Yeah. Like yours is more like a bottom line and then like, Oh, there's this. Yeah. Oh, you can feel like this. Yeah. And in my flare care presentation that I did in the autoimmune masterclass, I had the visual of this and I, I have this visual on my blog and I show it a lot, but I came up with this chart system where it was like really this chronic illness experience that I see over and over for myself and others goes through these four phases where the first phase I call it mystery symptoms. And this is where people are experiencing what I experienced for the first 20 years of my life. It's like, oh, I don't know. Sometimes I get diarrhea or sometimes I have breakouts or sometimes I'm knocked out and I don't want to wake up for you know days on end. Those are just like these back and forth symptoms as your body is you know, kind of experiencing these imbalances and they're just building upon it. The second phase is what I call rock bottom. And every single person that I've talked to or worked with knows exactly what that rock bottom is for them. Um, they can describe it. They know, you know, they don't even want to think about it or go back to it, but usually in rock bottom is that crisis point, you know, where people are like, I need to do something about this because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no, there's no two ways about it. I have very similar to addicts. Like it's very similar. There's a moment where it's like, okay, this has to change. Yeah, exactly. And that's usually where people usually where they'll get a diagnosis because they're starting to go see doctors and run tests or, you know, just ask what, what's going on. And usually that's the point that somebody will get a diagnosis. I didn't get a diagnosis at that point, but I think it was because I was young and like healthy looking, um, that they didn't think to diagnose me with anything. 
Um, but that's usually where someone will get a diagnosis. If they stay in the conventional medicine model, often they will just start to do symptom relief. They'll mm -hmm. take a pill or they'll, you know, do something to just manage the pain and they just have ups and downs, ups and downs. But what happens is if that point when somebody is at rock bottom and they start to enter into what I call phase three of root cause healing, this is where they can start to have that upward trajectory of understanding what the root causes was. Was it a functional medicine related thing? Like, was it an infection that sent them to rock bottom or, you know, mold toxicity or whatever, or was it a buildup of sensitivity and, and chronic, you know, pain and trauma like it was for me. So looking at where those triggers were for you and how they manifested as your unique symptoms, you can start to unwind it. And that is where people start experiencing better days. And then they slowly over time, just start feeling overall better and better until they reach the fourth phase, which I call new normal and new normal. If you're looking at this on like a chart of like feeling great up high and feeling really crappy down low, you're just like upward trending. And in new normal, this is where you have a new baseline of operating. So your normal day is actually usually so much more vital and vibrant than your normal starting out in phase one, when you were just like feeling quote unquote, before normal. your symptoms even kind of yeah. got out of control. So that to me is the coolest thing. And that was like something that I, it took me a while to actually change my idea about myself because I, when I was in new normal and I hit new normal and I was in it for a while, I started to go, you know what? I'm not actually the weak, sick person that I always thought I was like other people are catching colds and I'm around them. And I didn't catch any cold this year or, oh my gosh, my hay fever and seasonal allergies didn't show up at all this year. And I see other people having allergies and all of a sudden, like me, the sick child who was like knocked out with asthma and allergies, I don't have a single, single symptom. Um, and so it was, it was really kind of just shocking actually, because I had this belief system of myself being like, I have to be uber careful and I'm still weak, even though I'm doing all this healthy lifestyle stuff. So in that new normal, part of that was reframing and reshifting kind of my own understanding of what's possible for me and understanding that I actually transformed. I'm not, I'm like, I was in a cocoon, a little butterfly and I came out um, as a, you know, more expanded version of myself. So I didn't turn into a different person. I'm still essentially who I always was, but now I have this greater capacity to make choices or to, you know, function in ways that I never thought were possible for me. I never thought I could be an early morning person, wake up, have energy throughout the day without any crashes, without needing to take long naps. And then, you know, cook meals for myself, feel energized all day, and then get to the end of the night and still feel well. Um, and that was not something that I thought was within the possibility of my life experience. I was like, I'm, I'm just the, the frail, weak person, and I'm going to be that my whole life. And so going through that autoimmune journey or, you know, health healing journey that I call phase one, two, three, and four, getting to new normal is to me the goal. Like it, it never ends, but when you're there, that's when you really understand on a deep level, 
how you're interacting with yourself and the world around you. And, and I want people to understand too, because we talked about this in the other presentation. It's not like now all of a sudden everything is rainbows and unicorns. You still take care of yourself. There's still times where you overextend and then all of a sudden, because right. your presentation was flare care because right. you have flares right. or you have, and it's when you get overextended, when there's a stressful period, when there's this type of thing that you don't deal with or whatever it is, and you pile too much of that on your cup. Mm -hmm. um, so it's still being mindful. Mm -hmm. And so the, the new normal does involve a different way of living than you were living before. Also, it's not just the, I feel awesome. It's the, I feel awesome because I yeah. am living in this way, totally. which I'm guessing becomes easier to stick to when you're feeling really well. Yeah, it de definitely does. Like when you have more energy, you have more uh, capacity in your own life. It's easier to make decisions that, you know, you know, you'll feel good. You won't reach for a sugar high just because you want that dopamine hit. Um, so it's easier to make the choices, but you also have a little bit more buffer, a little more leeway in that if I travel, um, you know, like prior to <laughs> travel restrictions, my husband and I would like to take some international trips every, you know, year or, and visit different cultures. And when I'm in Europe, for example, I will eat things that I don't in my normal lifestyle. And I might have a flare up because of it. I'll eat some, you know, bread and cheese in France and, and enjoy it and really not feel guilty about it. But it's because I spend the, you know, regular days of my life just creating a bigger buffer so that when I have a stressful event, whether it's an unexpected emotional experience or I choose to indulge in something that I know is going to cause a little reaction in my body. I'm not going to fall apart. I'm just going to have a little dip in my new normal line. And I know I've learned over the years, the things that I can do to make those choices wisely and get myself back where I need. Like for me, that's getting body work and getting a chiropractic adjustment, like immediately. And if I'm feeling flared up, doing an infrared sauna, um, sweating it out, doing things that are very somatic oriented, getting, you know, energy work as well. And getting back to an anti-inflammatory diet, doing bone broths and um, taking some supplements like turmeric and vitamin D and these sort of things, fish oils to get me back to that baseline of my new normal. Um, Cause I learned those, I learned those in phase three of root cause healing. And so that's what I think true health journey is, is it's an education process of learning about yourself and your unique response, your, you know, that bio individuality, because your symptoms, your weak links um, are going to show up differently than someone else's. For me, it's skin stuff. It's like my gums start getting weird. If I'm having a flare up um, for other people, it's like brain fog or anger. you'll notice things more subtly too. Like yeah. it's because you mentioned somatic work a little bit that you were doing body work and like the more in touch we get with that connection, like you can feel things when they aren't quite right. Where before, when the baseline is like in the mud, mm -hmm. for something to get your attention, it has to be a pretty severe thing, which is already a pretty far progression down the road. So now it's like a little thing is off and you notice it. And then it's like, oh, what did I do? Oh, I was up until 1 a.m. last night. And that's yeah. why I feel this way. And <laughs> so, yeah, now like I remember I used to, I worked in the service industry for 10 years. So I was a bartender and a server and I barely remember what it's like to be hungover. Cause it's been so long since I 
did those things, but now all I have to do is like stay up till midnight once. Yeah. And then the next day I'm like typing words wrong. I'm sending emails to the wrong people. And I didn't have a single drink. I was just up late at night. And it's incredible because I used to stay up that late every night, literally every night. So then I would be like that all the time and I wouldn't notice it. And now one day and it's like shot. And I think that's a big part of that reconnection process. When I talked about disconnects, (laughs) I mean, really, that's what happens with any stressful or traumatic experience is that people start to disconnect, whether it's what I described earlier, where your entire spirit disconnects and tethers to your physical body, or it can actually be these compartmentalized disconnects Mm -hmm. within your body, like little areas, you know, where you'll just like, you have a stressful event and you store it in like your shoulder or your liver, or, you know, I think these are really amazing concepts that some traditional medicine has really eloquently um, put into practice, like traditional Chinese medicine, when there's, you know, stress or deficiency in like your lungs, it has to do with grief. That's where you store it. Or your liver is anger. And um, even in Ayurvedic medicine or traditional Persian medicine, there's these ideas that, you know, our, our emotions aren't just up here in our brain or our minds. They are experienced through our whole body. And if we want to look at that from, I guess, a more Western perspective, There's a lot of research in mostly the psychoneuroimmunology field where they're looking at when you have a thought, when you have a feeling, when you have an experience, you're sending off a whole cascade of chemical events in your body, like hormones, cytokines, like pro-inflammatory cytokines, just from a negative thought. Um, And so they're starting to both from, you know, an Eastern or traditional medicine perspective, but also from a Western medicine perspective, really start to put some reasoning behind um, how how these things are connected. So you can store stuff and disconnect compartmentally throughout your body for lots of reasons. And that's one of the main reasons why I love somatic work to release and unwind these traumas because um, I actually, I really love talk therapy. I know some people don't, or um, sometimes people are like, oh, that doesn't really get you anywhere. I think it's wonderful and lovely, but I also think that sometimes you don't need to talk about it. You don't need to re-experience it. And you can just lay on a table, for example, and get some energy work done, get a chiropractic adjustment, have releases, energetic releases, where you're actually reconnecting your body, right? You are building somatic maps in your brain, in your parietal lobe, in areas that are having that interoception, that proprioceptive ability for you to experience, um, you know, stuff physically and sensation wise. So body work is really powerful in actually transforming the way that our brain perceives our body and the world around us. So that's exactly what you start to notice. What you describe, Michael, is that when you start doing this healing, you become more in tune with your own body, your own wisdom. And you can, you kind of get like the spidey sense. You get superpowers to be able to pick up on things. Um, and an example people might relate to is that if they've ever gone through like, you know, healing diet work or done elimination diet or these sort of things, um, they might've had experiences where prior to that, they were just eating all kinds of stuff. And then sometimes getting bloated, sometimes having diarrhea, not really knowing, just being like, Oh, I must've eaten something bad. But when people really start to understand how a food or different groups of foods are affecting them, they can almost sense before they take a bite of it or like at the first bite being like, oh, actually, I'm not going to have any more tomatoes tonight or I'm not going to have, 
you know, shellfish because I can sense that this is giving me that icky feeling, but much faster than, you know, waiting for it to actually get all the way through their system. So um, that's to me the, the, you know, the best outcome of that phase three root cause healing is you just, you dive in and you immerse yourself and you start to really like learn things in an embodied fashion, not just from your head, but it's like this wisdom in your body that goes, oh, I know this feeling and I know how to kind of unwind this feeling or um, it, it's just really awesome to me that that to me is the ultimate goal is not just to like, quote unquote, reverse a disease or put autoimmunity into remission or, you know, run a lab test and have perfect numbers. It's to give somebody that empowered experience of kind of knowing how they're interacting with themselves in the world and allowing them to make those decisions. That's beautiful. I don't have a single thing I can add to that. So, um, well, I think that pretty much covers your, your story from what I understand and the functional medicine end. So you, 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 you saw these people, you started doing some things, you started feeling better, you got your like new normal and you were feeling good. And then why'd you choose chiropractic school out of all the options of where to go? Um, I think of my experiences in healing and the things that just transformed me, the chiropractic adjustments were hands down the most powerful. Like when I would get an adjustment, I would actually immediately feel physical relief. The, the pain would go away. The um, It actually was the thing that I credit with, you know, reversing my depression and my anxiety within a couple of months, I started experiencing a blip of joy again. And mm. it was really those adjustments. Um, and I understand now that I've studied it more that the impact that an adjustment in body work has on my psychoneuroimmunology yeah. and my brain and my nervous system and reconnecting me. So it makes sense. Um, I'm not saying it is the yeah, yeah. for everyone, but, but it was impactful I, for you. So that yeah. was your first step. Was, and then did you learn about functional medicine when you were in chiropractic school or was yeah, it after? My, yeah, no, it was my first quarter. I didn't know anything about functional medicine before. Um, my is it taught in chiropractic uh, programs now. Some of them, some of them teach uh, bits and pieces of it, but it's more, it was more adjunctive. I was doing it on the weekends. So it was oh. more seminars and certifications I was doing on the weekends, but Through like my, IFM. Uh, yeah. And, um, just a lot of, you know, like Dr. Karazian was a huge, uh, influence yeah. and mentor in terms of understanding these and Dr. Vishani and, um, you know, like all these people, even Dr. Mm. Tom O'Brien and Dr. Kalish, like all of them were uh, really impactful in terms of introducing me to functional medicine. Um, I just recorded was- with Dan for the first time. Like he was one that was always on my list. Yeah, and I never got in touch with him. Uh, that's Dr. Kalish for yeah. and and he's like the sweetest man. Yeah, that's like so genuine and so just wanting to help everybody. It was it yeah. was really a treat. So yeah, so I didn't I didn't know about any of that. Like my yeah. when I was healing and I actually achieved my new normal before ever knowing I had autoimmunity. It was just through chiropractic and and mm. chakra energy work. But chiropractic was a thing I did at that point. In my rock bottom, I was doing it three times a week. Um, and so when I, um, I thought I had like totally healed, I was like, well, I'm all better. So I went to school and I was like, this is so cool. I want to learn how to do this for other people. It's like magic combined with science and I want to do it all. Um, and it was my first quarter in school that people were like, you got to go to this lecture. It's all about the thyroid. And I was like, 
I literally thought to myself, the thyroid, like, why would anybody spend three days talking about the thyroid? How random, like I've never, I've never even thought twice about that organ. Um, lo and behold that that first weekend I went, I learned about the thyroid and I was like, cool, this sounds interesting. Let me run this lab on myself and see what a normal person looks like. So I ran that lab on myself and that was my first PPOs of 400 and oh yeah. Yep. My antibodies were through the roof. Um, we had partner palpation during the seminar. And of course my partner thought he felt a nodule and I was like, what are you serious? And lo and behold, there was a nodule. Um, and so it was, and this, I mean, this is crazy to me. Good thing you went to that class. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, that's the crazy thing that I had gone through all of this and it took me going to my doctorate program, going to an adjunctive seminar and then deciding to run it on myself to even screen for Hashimoto's. So I'm such an advocate for people just screening, especially women, sensitive women who have cold hands and feet, who have any fatigue issues, who have any gut issues, just screen and just, you know, run your thyroid antibodies because that set me on a different, like a new trajectory. So I was still doing the body work, the energy medicine, the chakra stuff. But that point I started to introduce what I call the yang medicine, right? It's the more uh, masculine energy um, of like investigation and data and all of that. And I started running labs on myself and changing my diet, doing protocols. Um, And I mean, what that did for me was take my new normal baseline and like shoot it through the roof, right? It just made me feel even better. So um, the fact that I was able to reach new normal just from somatic body work and, and, and energy yeah. medicine and talk therapy to me spoke to the power of it because I know because yeah, you hadn't even learned the Hashimoto's yet. You hadn't even learned the autoimmune, the functional medicine, any of yeah. that. I was still eating gluten and dairy and like loading up on that stuff on a daily basis, even though I was incredibly sensitive to it. And I was still functioning at a higher baseline than I ever was in my life. So I credit the body yeah. work and the energy medicine for keeping my system in balance. But when I introduced the functional medicine, I made diet changes. I went gluten-free and dairy-free. I felt like a superhero. I was like, oh my gosh, I can feel even better. And anything that I still had lingering, I was just, I was so much more highly functional than I had ever even thought I could experience. So now, you know, we talked about this before we went on air, but we were talking about kind of that yin approach Mm -hmm. to healthcare. Um, which is what I love. It's where I came in the door to medicine. And, um, but it really has to do with stuff that's more, you know, traditionally feminine energy. And I don't mean that in terms of like men, women, but just that idea of being more intuitive, um, tapping into wisdom, nurturing, surrendering. Um, and so that was what body work was for me. That's what energy medicine is. Um, trauma work, mindset, thoughts, and emotions, all of that is really about showing up, being vulnerable, receiving care, and kind of experiencing things that way. So that was my approach. Then when I felt amazing through that, I shifted to this young approach where I was like really doing diet and protocols and supplements and stuff. Um, but I never let go of that yin side. And then I brought it back and like integrated the two. So I think that really for a big picture healing, it's important for people to experience both. Um, And a lot of times if people feel stuck, then maybe they want to try that other side of stuff, you know, even though they might be resistant, like you kind of mentioned resistant to Mm -hmm. 
like, oh, it took me a while to really think this was having an impact. But if somebody's a very data-oriented, evidence-based science, a kind of I'm gonna fix this type of person, which is the young side, um, and they want lab tests and they want to, they want the exercise program and they want to say, I can do this in six months. Um, sometimes that might be what's holding them back because that imbalance, that polarity, that imbalance of energy towards one side is going to be a stressor. You need balance. So sometimes those people are the ones that most need to just like lay down and get a massage or a Reiki session. Um, and they will start to see the shifts that they had been working so hard for and vice versa. If somebody has really done, so like myself, just done all the yin stuff. And even if you're feeling great, like it, it's really beneficial to just give it a go and try some of that yang, like run some lab tests. If you've only ever seen, you know, energy medicine practitioners or people who haven't really looked at the physiology and the data um, and just bring it all together. So that to me is what mind body integration is. And that's kind of how I think of myself, like the sensitive doctor approach is figuring out. And I think you're, you're really hip to this too, Michael, is figuring out where a person is and what matches best to them in order to move the needle um, without just like throwing every possible wellness. Well, it's, it's overwhelming. I mean, I, I, we've gone through it with Mira with her autoimmune flares and like, there's so much it could be. Yeah. that's trying to trigger this is trying to do this. And I've got, I've been the one that goes down the rabbit holes and I'm chasing 27,000 leads at the same time and trying to figure out all the things. And sometimes it's a really simple shift that moves the needle. Yeah. And so we tend to, I think in our society value complexity over simplicity as a general rule. Yeah. And so they want the, the complex protocols and the lab tests and the things like that more than the simple, like, why don't you try turning your lights and your screens off by eight thirty? <laughs> and yeah, like little things and and or journal like write how you're feeling or share how you're feeling with somebody totally. yeah just and I, you know to that isolate regard, themselves anybody who's listening like it doesn't mean that you have to just spend thousands of dollars on you know massages and therapists and labs mm -hmm. and all of that just to achieve that like you're saying there's simple things and simple things in that young approach are exactly what you described like get on a good circadian rhythm mm -hmm. and turn off your lights when the sun would be incredible what happens exactly like when <laughs> the sun starts to go down um you know turn off any artificial lights don't look at your screens just set boundaries in those mm -hmm. kind of very structured ways or even if you don't move much just walk you don't need mm -hmm. to join a fancy gym just take a 30 minute walk every day and see if it changes anything for you and on the you know flip side the yin stuff there's a lot of free stuff you can do for a go sit very in the forest long yeah forest bathing <laughs> you can just sleep more that's an amazing yeah. yin therapy just honestly your body uses the time during your sleep to detox and to regenerate cells so if you need extra regeneration and healing and detoxing it's you don't feel guilty about sleeping more because it'll only be for a period of time and then you won't need it um, you know, Epsom salt baths, that's a great yin thing. Set up some candles, journal, all of this stuff. Like very cheap stuff. Yeah. Giant thing of Epsom salts, like three bucks. And so, <laughs> yeah, when she's coming out of her flares, even now still, and she's been pretty much out of this one for five months or so that it's 10 or 11 hours of sleep. It's not yeah. seven or eight yeah. and it's, she can get by now on eight or nine, but like it was 10 or 11 hours of sleep became what was just needed. 
Yeah. Um, when you're coming out of a flare or in a flare and to, to give that to yourself without feeling guilty about it, your body will thank you and it's free. Yeah. I think that's a really important factor too, is to never really bring, um, kind of that like negative or like guilt or shame energy to anything you're doing. If you're going to, you know, enjoy a piece of cake for your birthday or, you know, sleep longer or whatever, don't, reprimand yourself for it. Because I hate that- those things that say guilt-free <laughs> cookies. And I'm like, all cookies are guilt-free. Yeah, I'm serious. Yeah. Because that's what triggers that psychoneuroimmunology. Yeah. And if so you think like- the cookie's bad. Yeah, exactly. If you It'll think have a different effect bad, in your body, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, so, so having that mindset, that experience of being like, I'm really coming from a place of abundance and, and like joy. And I'm making this choice willingly will have different outcomes that somebody's like, I got to go do my exercise protocol now, or I have to eat this. I, you know, like, this is my, what my doctor told me I have to eat. I'm really coming to a place where you're making these choices from your true, like, in, you know, intention is actually going to have better outcomes than if you feel like you have to do it or you're forced to do it. Um, so like, you know, if you need to sleep more, just be graceful with yourself about that and and know that it, nothing is forever. So if you feel like, oh, I'm not getting enough done or whatever, it's really maybe just for this period of time. Um, when I made diet changes, you know, I used to eat very, very high carb, um, just pretty much bread and cheese all day, every day. So when I started to make diet changes and I was doing more of a paleo blueprint, I was eating an insane amount of meat, but I think it's, you know, this idea that my body was so pro so deficient in proteins and amino acids that I was like, this is crazy that I'm eating like big steaks and chicken and fish and everything like a football player every night. And years down the line, as my gut healed, as my nutrient status improved, I eat probably 80% whole veggies now. And I have a little serving of meat and I feel super great. So it's, you know, there, you need to remove judgment from your experiences in that healing journey to really be open and understand that, um, everything is dynamic and shifting all the time. So bringing kind of bringing shame to it is only going to counteract anything you're trying to do to improve your health. I couldn't agree more. And I think that that's, that's a perfect stopping point for us. I read about a little over an hour, I think you're right around an hour. So um, thank you for sharing all of that and your journey mixed in with what you've learned also as a practitioner and what you've seen with your clients, because uh, yes, we're all different. And in a lot of ways, we're the same. So it's, there's these foundational principles that apply across the board and then how to fit those into the individual's pegs is kind of or holes, pegs go in holes, um, is, is the, the nuance to it. But when people develop this level of body awareness and, and just self-awareness that the puzzle doesn't have to remain so complex to figure out and the cues become stronger and more audible and more visible and more noticeable. So um, we're, uh, we'll have all the links right below in the show notes and right below this. Um, if there's one you want to share, we'll have everything you gave us, everything that they can find you at will be below. But if they want to go right now, where would be the best place to go? Uh, they just check out my website, drnatashaf.com. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on social. So people can find me there. Um, you can check out the design skills too. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if you email me, sign up for my newsletter, I legitimately 
personally write people back. I don't have a robot or a computer. Like I love to connect with kindred spirits. So, you know, it, I, I'm not doing this because I think it's like, you know, a cool career or, you know, whatever. Like I had some idea about wanting to be doing this with my life. I only do it because it was transformative for me. Um, and I may be really bright and vibrant and smiley right now, but there were years where I was in the darkest pits of depression and difficulty. So if that's where you are too, um, understand that, you know, there are people who know that feeling and there really is so many options for you to start to slowly experience, um, really that inner potential that you have. And, and, um, you know, I think it's sometimes it's really hard to look at people and think, oh, well, I'm not even like them. I, ne I'm, I'm never this, you know, bright, or I don't have that much energy and you can't imagine it for yourself. But I just want to remind people that where I am now is something that I've never imagined um, or thought was possible for my life. Um, and I think that that is, it's taken me over a decade, decade and a half to even get to this place of understanding. And it was all baby steps. So be gentle and reach out for help. If I didn't have my team of chiropractors and energy workers, um, you know, I, I couldn't have done it myself. Yeah. There's no shame in that either. I have a ton of support right now with all the stuff that we're doing. And if I didn't have it, I would be a mess. So it's, it's, um, it's what they're there for. And that's why they do what they do. So thank you for sharing all of this and for the work that you're doing. I always enjoy connecting and I hope you guys found this one valuable. I think there's a ton of nuggets in here that you can take and, and use in your own journey and, and really relate to, you know, if you're, if you're the person out there who like, that's me, I've always felt like crap and I can't feel like that. Well, it's definitely possible that you can, and maybe it's time to reimagine what's what's possible for you in the future. So thank you for, for offering that perspective. Yeah. Thanks so much for having Mike, Michael. It's always a pleasure to chat with you about this stuff. I know we really, we really see eye to eye on a mm. lot of this. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. We'll talk, we'll do another presentation soon. I got another masterclass later this year that we haven't announced that you'll fit right in for. Awesome. And this brings us to the end of today's episode. Head on over to rebelhealthtribe.com backslash kit to access the RHT Quick Start Bundle, which includes four full-length presentations from our RHT masterclasses, two downloadable PDF guides, and a 15% off coupon, which you can use in our retail shop. If you're on Facebook, come join our Rebel Health Chat group over there. And finally, if you like the show, please subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again soon.